You know, it's time for you to be able to get up. Turn to your other neighbor and say, it's time. It's time, John, to get up. It's time, Bobby, to get up. It's time, Bill, to begin to move into those things. It's time to begin to break out of those things that have held you back in the past. It's time to start walking in the things of God. Somebody needs to say favor. I mean, this time, the God is releasing favor on the body of Christ. He's not releasing favor on those that don't know him, that don't have a heart for him. He's releasing favor to you. Turn to your neighbor and say, I think he's talking about you. Oh, it's time. It's time to shine in 2009. Jesus is the light. He is the way. He is the great shepherd. He is the gatekeeper. He is the door. He, is, he said, don't take your light and put it under a bushel, but set it out for others to see it. I mean, you've got to walk in the midst of a situation where things you know are difficult, and God's going to put you right <laughs> smack dab in the middle. And you're going to say, God, why am I here? I want you to know now. God's going to answer that question today. Why am I here? And he's going to say, click, it's time for you to shine. In the midst of a difficult situation, you're going to come in and the spirit of the living God, if you'll listen to him, will give you the answer and the solution to that situation. Whew, hallelujah. I don't know about you, but it just, I, I'm already happy. We can go home now. I want to just talk about a few things here and what we're going to have to do in 2009. What do we expect in 2009? What, what is it that you can expect in 2009? I think sometimes we've gotten into the new year. We've, we've made some resolutions. Stop making resolutions. Just stop it. Because in two months or a week, you've got to repent. Because you broke it and you didn't fulfill it. It didn't happen. How about setting some goals? How about listening to the Holy Spirit? I mean, sometimes we make resolutions. I mean, there's been times where I've met people, they've met made resolutions, and what you gonna do? I'm gonna quit smoking, I'm gonna quit drinking, I'm gonna quit cussing, I'm gonna quit fighting, I'm gonna lose 30 pounds, I'm gonna get in shape, and I'm gonna run every single day, two times a day. Who you, who you fooling? You, you're not gonna do all that stuff? You try to do it, and you do, come on, somebody. Amen. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching good now. <laughs> How many of y'all have ever made a resolution and broke it? Come on. Let's just stop making them, but let's set some goals for, for us. And let's set them to where they can, first of all, be attainable. Oh, come on, somebody. Well, you know what? I'm going to lose 30 pounds. Well, why don't you set a goal to lose 10 first? And then after you get to that 10, you set another goal to lose 10 more. Can I get an amen? And then after you get to that 20, you set another goal to lose 10 more. See, a lot of times we set it, we set the bar so high that we can't even reach it. So we quit. We just say, forget it. I'm going to make another resolution. I'm going to quit smoking this year. I'm going to quit smoking them cigarettes. I'm going to quit chewing that chew. This year's going to be the year. After you eat that big New Year's dinner, then you go outside and you have a cigarette and you say, oh, well, I guess that didn't work. <laughs> and then condemnation comes on you. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? We're going to step into some things. How are we going to be able to shine in 2009? The number one thing that we're going to have to have is growth. Say growth. If you need to write it down, you need to say growth. Say it again. Say it again. You got to grow. You got to grow. You got to, I don't want to grow. I've grown all. I'm going to grow. I'm 48 years old. Feel like I'm 37, but I'm not growing anymore. You're going to have to grow. 
If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. Now, if you're satisfied with what you've got, then just continue to do what you're doing. But I don't know about you because every year comes around and I am not satisfied with where I'm at in my relationship with my wife, in my relationship with my kids, in my relationship with my Lord and Savior. I'm not satisfied where I'm at, so I've got to change what I'm doing. You've heard me say it before. Insanity, (laughs) the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. I mean, if you go jump from the top of this building, you're going to fall. The law of gravity is going to click in. It doesn't matter how big you are, how much money you got, how poor you are. doesn't matter if you got red hair, white hair, blonde hair, whether you're white, black, red, uh, Latino, uh, Hispanic, whatever it might be. It doesn't matter who you are. The law of gravity is going to kick in. So why do we do it over and over and over again? And we expect something different. We expect something different. And what it's going to take, it's, it's going to take a sacrifice. You know, when Shelley, go to, go to, what was that, 1 Corinthians chapter 4? 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I want to I show, show you something. And it was verses, verse 13, wasn't it? Yeah. I want you to go up to verse 7. Is it okay if I just go where I think God's leading us this morning? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. Paul, when he was talking about having the same spirit of faith, according to what was written, he was quoting a Proverbs or a Psalms, I mean 116, 10. He says, I believe, therefore I have spoken. In other words, there is belief to what you speak. See, a lot of times we've gotten loose with words. There is power in the word. There's power in your words. And I don't know if you realize it, because a lot of times we don't. Because you can turn on the television, the radio, and people can say and do whatever they want to do. And that's not biblical. Listen to this. Here's what Paul said that brought him to that statement. He said, we have this treasure, in verse 7, in earthen vessels, so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. It'll be of God and not from ourselves. If you're going to grow, it's got to be of God and not for yourself. So Paul was saying this. But how many of you know when Shelley was saying there was 20,000 people a day coming to Christ in a lot of the foreign countries? It doesn't come very easy. So Paul, look at verse 8. He says, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. How many of you want to be afflicted in every way? Raise your hand. (laughs) Wait a minute, I don't think you heard me. Come on. How many of you want to be afflicted in every way? Raise your hand. (laughs) I, I, I don't see any hands. I didn't raise my hand. I'm like, God, I don't really want to be afflicted in every single way. How many of you felt afflicted at times in every single way? And Paul was saying, although we're afflicted in every way, 
We're not crushed. I, I wish I had a deck of cards. I, 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 when I get the opportunity, I, I like to play cards. Not poker, but I like to play cards. I like to play spades or hearts or something like that, you know. And, um, and spades has a, anybody ever played spades? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You guys are going to know what I'm talking about. Spades is the trump suit. You can trump it. And if you have a higher spade, it can trump a lower spade. See, and when Paul was doing this, what got me was it was almost like, here's the trump card. So in spades, I've got the ace, king, queen, and the jack. And Paul says right here in verse 7, or verse 8, we're afflicted in every way. And there's a word, but, B-U-T, B-U-T, <laughs> B-U-T is there. And it's almost like he's playing the jack. But I'm not crushed. I love, I love to sit there and be the last person to play. I love when you watch it and you set somebody up and they're, they're, they're running the deal and they're, they're taking tricks and they're at, and it's the last trick and they haven't really paid much attention and, you know, and, and, and the ace might be gone, the king and the queen and the jag's gone and you got the ten. And they think, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it. And they play their card out there, that ace of clubs, and you say, but you're set. Are you with me? And Paul, when I, when I look at this, when he was writing to this church in, in Corinth, he was, he was saying, you know what? We're afflicted in every way, but we're not crushed. Oh, come on, somebody. And then he goes on and he says, we're perplexed, but not in despair, not hopeless. It's like he's playing another one. Four cards left, you got to get four to make your, your score, and you start playing it. Are you with me? You know, when I throw out that jack, and I pull that jack, I throw out that queen, and I pull that queen in. And then he turns around, and he says, verse 9, persecuted, but not forsaken. Jesus said, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. I think Paul was reminding the church of that. Not forsaken. Struck down, <laughs> knocked down, but not knocked out. You've heard me say it, it doesn't matter how hard you get knocked down, but how high you bounce back. 2009 is a time to shine, and the reason it's a time to shine is because we're willing to do what it takes to have some growth. Are you willing to do what it takes to have some growth? Because 2009 is going to show up in 2014. What do you mean? What you do today, what you do this year, may take four or five years for it to show up, but it will show up. If you work on your character, if you work on your integrity now, it's going to show up. See, there's seed time and harvest. When you plant a seed, God's going to bring back a harvest. He's got to. And I know through, and some of you are farmers, and it may take 120 days to plant a seed, and 120 days later, guess what you get? A harvest. So we need to have growth, say growth. So if we begin to say, I've got to change, I've got to grow in this time of year, I've got to do those things, God, that'll, that'll help me, how are we going to grow? 
I'm going to give you two things today, but it's really more than that. Number one, you're going to have to grow spiritually. We're not asking you to, to, like some of us, to go from a 32 to a 34 to a 36. We're not talking about that kind of growth. Come on, somebody. We're talking about you growing emotionally. We're talking about you becoming stable in no matter what situations are happening in your life. Hello? I coached this baseball team, and we, uh, you know, the Little League World Series and all this little stuff, you know, we were kind of in a tournament, and, you know, that's where they were going to when they win this tournament. I'm telling you, we had gone to that tournament three years in a row, and three years in a row we had, we kept hearing these words. After you lose the ball game, Duplin County has now been eliminated. I didn't want to hear those words. I didn't want to hear them over the loudspeaker. And the, the favorite team was there, and, and we went into them, and, and, and we said, you know what? We got an opportunity to beat these boys. First time you could ever beat this team, this team was kind of like Shattuck is. They hadn't been beaten. I don't know how many football games, you know, but every team goes in and says, we got, that's who you got to beat. That's who you, you got to get a hold of. You got to overcome there. And we went in, and, and man, I mean, we, were, we went out, and, and it started raining, and, and they, they kind of postponed the game for a little while, and everybody was kind of down. And we went out, and we started listening to some music, and we started getting the guys pumped up. Them guys was bouncing off the van ceiling. The rain stopped, and we went out in the first inning or two. I mean, we were, all of a sudden, we looked up, man, and we were up two runs on them, and we were giving them a fight that they didn't fight. And it was almost like in the middle innings, they got a guy on base and another guy on base, and they tied the score, and I could see the guys deflate. Maybe they were too high. I said, maybe we got them too pumped up. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I said, not too high, not too low, just right, ready to go. Not too high, not too low, just right, ready to go. Long story short, the the ball game lasted about six hours and went into extra innings, and it was 1 o'clock in the morning, and it got nasty. We ended up losing. We heard the announcement. (laughs) Duplin County is now eliminated from the tournament. But when we look at these things, we've got to grow spiritually. We've got to begin to start getting more mature in Christ. We've got to walk in the fullness that God wants us to walk in. And and listen, wherever you're at... You're going to be immature. I remember, I remember one time when I first gave my life to Christ, I was very immature. I didn't know some stuff, you know. I, I didn't know. I thought everything that I did was, you know, God was going to zap me from heaven. You know, throw a lightning bolt down and knock me out. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I didn't know any better. I just know if I did this or did that, if I look, I mean, look this way. I can't do this. I can't have that thought. Oh, God, that thought. I was waiting on a lightning bolt to come and zap me. So we've got to grow mature. We've got, to, we've got to grow stronger spiritually. We've got to get to the point where we can grow emotionally. Not too high, not too low. Just right, ready to go. Come on, somebody. Not too high, not too low. Just right, ready to go. So when the life group pastors get a phone call, they're like, oh, no, 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 You can ask the Lord to strengthen them, give them wisdom, look in the word of God, 
bring your emotions back down. Shelley taught a while back. You need to probably teach that again. It was, you know, it was, it was you ruling your emotions and not your emotions ruling you. God deals through emotions. God loves emotions. Jesus wept. There may be times where we need to cry. There may be times where we rejoice and we celebrate, but we grow emotionally. So not only do we need to grow spiritually, emotionally, mentally, we need to grow in numbers. We need to, we need to grow in numbers. Come on, somebody. I began to start thinking, I, I talked to somebody recently, and they said, you know what? I'm excited about the church, our church, Living Word Fellowship. Can I boast a moment? Because Paul said, if I can boast, I want to boast in the Lord. I'm not going to give you all the things that we did last year, but I know that there's been some things stripped off of us, and now we're coming out with the pure gold. I know that we got, we got hands down the best worship team in this city. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, I'm I'm not bragging. I'm not bragging on the worship team. I'm telling you, they are anointed. I'm telling you, they, they the the music that we begin to sing begins to start stirring within us. I should say, contemporary worship team. They're the best. Say they're the best. Maybe we keep it a secret. We don't tell anybody because it might be different from what they're used to. It might be different from the hymns, and there's nothing wrong with the hymns. It might be different from the, the books that you have, and we might do it differently and allow God to move in a different way than people don't realize or understand. It might be different because we may stand a lot. You can stand, sit on your head in the corner with a banner. Just get with God. Come on, somebody. But we've got the best. I began to start thinking about that. We allow the prophetic word to come forth. We allow things to confirm each other. We heard the word shine. You didn't know my message. Did you know what I was preaching on today? How about you, Bob? Did you know what I was preaching on? We're going to shine in 2009. It's time. It's time for us to shine. Somebody said, well, you know, maybe you shouldn't have the biggest church. I'm not after the biggest church in the city. I want to have one that will impact this city. Prophetic word came forth from Emmanuel Canastracy. Many of you know David Canastracy. It was his uncle. And he spoke a word forth and said, you will have a tithe of the city. If there's 12,000 people, then we're supposed to have 1,200. I just want who God has for us. Are you with me? If you're supposed to be at the Baptist church, get to the Baptist church. If you're supposed to be at the Methodist church, please get to the Methodist church. If you're supposed to be in the Presbyterian church, Lutheran church, please get there. But if you're there and you're supposed to be here, that's where you need to be. Come on, somebody. I want who God has for us. And this isn't what, trust me, the larger church you have, the more sheep droppings you have. Come on, somebody. Turn to your neighbor and say, I think he's talking about you. <laughs> but I have 
to think about the scripture that I just read. <laughs> it says we're afflicted in every way but not crushed. Perplexed but not in despair. Stru- uh, persecuted but not forsaken. Struck down but not destroyed. So you know what? The larger church you have, the more influence we can be. Come on somebody. So we've got the best church in the city. I'm not saying that putting any other church down. Please understand that. I believe so much in what God is doing that he can transform lives in the people sitting here. I I know that you guys, you guys got testimonies. And you got the money before you got the test. Things were difficult before the the test came through and you went through the monies and you created a testimony. Can I get an amen? Amen. God's brought... God has brought us out of some yuck. Maybe I'm just preaching to me. Maybe you got it all right and got it all right and had it since you was three years old and you was all right since then, but I wasn't. And I'm not perfect. I am forgiven. And I thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ. I thank God that we're learning to live and operate in the kingdom of God. I don't have this all figured out, but I got such a glimmer that if I can operate in that kingdom, if I can, can, can just live in that kingdom every day, how else, how, how are we going to grow spiritually? How are we going to grow numerically? Let me give you one of the things that we're going to have to do. How are we going to do that? Turn to your neighbor and say, how are we going to do that? (laughs) I don't know. And this isn't something, Shelly can tell you, this isn't something that I worked on all day yesterday. I was working on another sermon, and this is where we ended up. (laughs) How are we going to be able to grow? Number one, we're going to have to do it through prayer and fasting. Say prayer and fasting. Is Jennifer here? Yeah, do we have those? I'm sorry? Okay, Richard does. The ushers? I want to I have them pass this out to you. Say, it's time, it's time. To, shine to shine in 2009. 2009. Okay, so you don't have to shine yet because it's still 2008, so you got till Thursday to get some things together. What we're going to do is, through prayer and fasting, what we're asking you to do, and this was, this was led, I was led by the Lord to do this, I heard from the Lord to get back to it, was to have 40 days of prayer and fasting. And we're going to give you this card, and this card literally talks about Isaiah 58, 6, that he talks about, is this the fair, that, the, the, the fast that has been chosen to break the bonds, to break those things. There are some things that need to be broken off of us. Now let me, let me give you some ground rules on prayer and fasting, especially on fasting. If you're on medication, do not get off your medication without talking to your doctor first. I'm not going to be responsible that you got off your medication and then your doctor said, why did you quit taking your medication? And you blame it on me. <laughs> that pastor at Living Word Fellowship Church told me that I was going to pray and fast and this is what I was going to fast. You can fast all sorts of things. Some of us need to fast sugar. Some of us need to fast television. Some of us need to fast (laughs) other things. (laughs) 
I had to loosen my collar. It was getting kind of tight up here. <laughs> what is it that is keeping you from going into that next level with God? We've had, we've had people fast Cokes. We've had people fast television. We've had people fast football. We've had people... Now listen, on the other side of the fast, if you say, you know what, I'm going to fast television for 40 days, then why don't you set a goal to read a book? Why don't you set a goal to read through the New Testament? I, you know, I, I, I don't know about you, but I, there's been times where I've sat through, you know, we're going to read the Bible through in a year. I've tried that. I just hadn't got there. You know, sometimes you get into that Old Testament stuff and that genealogy and stuff, and you're like, oh, man, I, do I have to read every single word? And I'm a type of person, if I read a book, I want to read the ands, ifs, and buts. Some people just kind of just can get the, you can pull the meat out of the chapter. I've got to read every single word in that chapter. If I didn't, I'd just feel bad. <laughs> Maybe we, on the other side, we set some goals. If you were here today and you said, I think a goal would be for me to read through the New Testament this year, how many of you would be willing to join me in doing that? Anybody? Okay. Stand up a minute, if you will. Because as soon as you sit down to start reading it, the phone's going to ring. The fax machine's going to go off. Your pager's going to go off. They're going to call you from work. So there's always going to be distractions. So what we're asking you to do is I'm asking you to join me as a goal this year to read through the New Testament. Read through the New Testament this year. Are you you're there? Let me pray for you. Father, we just thank you for these people that have made this commitment today. That God they're saying, we're gonna, I'm going to read through it from the beginning to the end, from Matthew to Revelation. And Lord God, we're asking you to just, just give them peace, give them wisdom as they begin to read through it. Give them strategies, Lord God. We're asking this word to do what you said it'll do in Isaiah, that it will not return to you void, but it will do what it's planned and purpose to do. So God, I ask you to give them strength in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you may be seated. I want to I I talk about another thing real quick. The second thing we have to do would be discipleship. And this was teaching, training, classes, things of that nature, times of instruction. And I look towards Sundays not only as a time of worship, but also as a time of instruction, as a time of learning. I look towards Wednesdays, and we're looking at doing some things on Wednesday. We still, we're still getting direction from the Lord on what we need to do, but it will be a time of instruction. It'll be time of knowledge. So discipleship. Discipleship. He told us this in Matthew 28, that we were to go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. It would be really good if we knew who our disciples were that we were making. Yeah. There was one time I met Pastor Russell Duck, and he was at the Baptist Church and had been at the Baptist Church. Many of you may know for 14 years, Russell's not there any longer. Ten years ago when I got here, I was meeting with him. We were having lunch, and I was talking to Russell, and, and he said, yeah, he said, I met this couple. He said, I came up to him and I said, hey, how you been? They said, good. They said, they said we, I want to invite you to church. I said, oh, we go to church. He said, where do you go to church? I said, we go to the First Baptist Church. He said, really? He said, okay. He said, uh, who's the pastor there? And they said, Russell Duck. <laughs> he said oh, okay he said can I introduce myself he said yeah he said hi I'm Russell Duck <laughs> they didn't even he didn't even know him. we want to know you we want to we want to get to know you 
with our life, some with our life group pastors, with Shelly and I individually. There's some things we want to be praying for you, be lifting up for the Lord. We want to be able to know you, and it's going to take us spending time together. The third thing in order way how we can begin to grow is worship. Say worship. We're going to have times of just worship. There are times where you know that you've been here. Many of you have experienced it. It's like the Spirit of God begins to move. We don't even preach the Word of God. We don't even take up offerings. We just let the Spirit of God just begin to minister, and there's going to be times of worship. We're coming up on a, on a, on a time this in a Wednesday, right? Tomorrow night or Wednesday night? Wednesday is going to be one of those times of worship. Just work on your relationship with God. Just allow the spirit to just begin to enlarge himself with inside you. Another way that we're going to be able to grow is the life groups. Say life groups. We are committed to these life groups. If you're not in a life group, get in a life group. If you don't have a life group pastor, just call Jennifer. We'll have some of the life group pastors contact you. We want you to be able to meet. I want to I thank some of you. I know, I know I spoke with Bobby and Courtney, and they had a little Christmas party for their life group, and they, they got together, and they're building relationships. That's, that's all part of it. We want to be able to, to be able to grow, not only spiritually and numerically, but we're going to do it by prayer and fasting. I, I take this prayer and fasting very seriously. There's going to be special times of prayer throughout these 40 days. There's going to be things that you're going to fast and, and praise God that God's going to begin to break some things off of you or change your mindset. There's going to be discipleship classes, instruction, training. You know what? You can't get it all here in one or two hours in the morning on Sunday mornings. You can't get it all here when you come on Wednesday for one or two hours. It helps. But people are wondering, what about my kids? Why can't they change? How come they can't, society can't change? It's hard when the kids only come to church once a week. It's hard when we only got them for two hours a week. Are you with me? And they're in the world the rest of the time. It's hard for kids to be able to change their mindset and what they believe because they're being inundated with so many things other than the Word of God. Times of worship are important. And then we're also going to be able to have the life groups and, and, and really, we're going to really begin to start flowing information through those life groups. So let's talk a little bit about transformation. Can you say transformation? In order for us, Shelly mentioned it, we got to be transformed first. So what we expect in 2009 is transformation. I want you to know this. I'm telling you, there are some, as the Lord spoke to me about this, there are some that have been trying and trying and trying and trying to get a breakthrough, but God says, I want you to expect a breakthrough. Say breakthrough. breakthrough. But having the same spirit of faith... I believe, therefore I speak. With that same spirit of faith, I believe, therefore I have spoken. I have to begin to start expecting something from God. When I walk in here, I expect something from God. I don't expect anything from you. I expect something from God. I expect when the word comes forth as I'm preaching and delivering and giving it that God will begin to shift and change and bring revelation to me, shift and change and bring compassion to me, shift and change some things within me. I expect a breakthrough this year. 
Let me say that again. I expect a breakthrough this year. Why don't you say it with me? I expect a breakthrough this year. Say it again. I expect a breakthrough this year. One more time. I expect a breakthrough this year. Ooh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's done. It's done. We're expecting it. If it doesn't happen today, it's going to happen tomorrow. Oh, come on, somebody. Always. I ain't got my breakthrough yet, but it's 10.50, but it could be 11 o'clock. I get my breakthrough. If I don't get my breakthrough at 11, it could be 12 o'clock, but I'm going to get my breakthrough. If it doesn't happen today, it's going to happen tomorrow. I'm going to get my breakthrough. If it doesn't happen tomorrow, it's going to happen the next day. I'm going to get my breakthrough. If you're in June and it's in the middle of June, you say it could be tomorrow. I'm going to get my breakthrough. I am expecting a breakthrough in this city. I am expecting a breakthrough in this state and I'm expecting a breakthrough in your lives hallelujah I don't know about you but I'm gonna get my breakthrough don't be upset when I get my breakthrough rejoice when we rejoice amen weep with those who weep rejoice with those who rejoice when you get your breakthrough and I haven't gotten my breakthrough I'm gonna rejoice for your breakthrough hallelujah turn your neighbor and say I think he's talking about you The next thing that we need to be able to understand with transformation is we need to expect to be more like our Father. Our Father. Expect to be more like Him. Well, I don't cry. Well, maybe you should. Maybe this year you'll break through. Well, I'm not going to let anybody run over me. Well, I I don't want anybody to run over you either. I'm not forgiving them. Maybe you should. Maybe this year you'll get your breakthrough. Let them off the hook. Release mercy to them. Release forgiveness to them. It's not holding them hostage. It's holding you hostage. Expect to be more like my father. I expect to be more like my dad. My, not my biological dad, my biological dad's <clears throat> with my heavenly father. But I expect to be more like him. I expect to be more like the word. Is it easy? Are you kidding me? Look at what Paul said. <laughs> I'm afflicted in every way. <laughs> but I'm not crushed. I may get knocked down, but I'm getting back up. Oh, come on, somebody. One thing about me, you're going to have to know. I'm like the Energizer Bunny. I take a licking it, or that's Timex. Take a licking and keep on ticking. The Energizer Bunny keeps going and going and going and going and going and going. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. I'm already past that. Were there times I wanted to? Absolutely. Absolutely. We all experience those times. But when you're weak, the Bible says he's strong. The next thing we need to understand is we've got to move from fear to faith. We've got to move from fear to faith. Fear to faith. We've got to move from fear to faith. There's some of you currently that are seated, seated in the seat of fear. I know you guys have seen this. Wayne, come here. I want to utilize you today, this morning, if I could. There's a seat. Would you have a seat there? Yes, sir. We've got to move from fear. Wayne's in fear today. For whatever reason, he's in fear. And faith wants to come. 
But in order for faith to come, it's got to displace fear. You with me? So I have to displace it. Are you with me? They can't sit in the same seat. Fear, get out of here in the name of Jesus. Are you with me? Fear and faith can't sit in the same seat. Come on, somebody. We're going to grow. How are we going to grow? We're going to grow spiritually. How are we going to grow? Because I'm not going to operate in fear. The Word of God, the Constitution that I live by in the kingdom of God says I don't have a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Say sound mind. I'm telling you, we're going to put on a sound mind this year. Oh, the economy's falling. I got a sound mind, brother. I just moved my stuff. (laughs) But don't you know? Yeah, I don't rely upon the government. I rely upon the government that's higher than the United States government. So you got to move from fear to faith. We got to move from where? Fear to faith. It can't occupy the same seat. So when you get a report from the doctor and the doctor said she could have cancer. You can operate in fear or you can operate in faith. That might be a fact. The fact might be that you got cancer. But the word of God says by his stripes I am healed. So you operate in faith you operate in faith when somebody says I don't know if you can figure that out you can say well I guess I'm not good enough to figure that out or you can say wait a minute my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory and he'll release witty ideas and inventions to me and I'm gonna get the kingdom of God so I'm moving in here. I'm gonna figure this out boss man I'm gonna get this figured out for you and then all of a sudden you wake up in the morning God gives you something and you re-drill a hole a different way or whatever it is you set the equipment in a different way or you you come up with something else and all of a sudden you've got a solution to that problem you're operating then in faith and you're not operating in fear I'm gonna lose my job you probably will if you keep telling people that because you're operating in fear I'm going to lose my job. And if I do, God's got something else for me. Come on, somebody. If I do, then God's repositioning me to be into a place where I can begin to have victory. Can I get an amen? So we not only have to move from fear to faith, but here's another one. This is very, very important. You need to live, and I'm going to put, and operate in the kingdom of God. Not the kingdom of the world, but the kingdom of God. And I know a lot of you may not understand that, but we're going to learn that this next year. How to begin to live and operate in the kingdom of God. Jesus taught the kingdom of God. He preached the kingdom of God. So we need to live and operate in the kingdom of God. 2009 is a time to shine. I believe with my whole heart that we can make the best and the biggest impact on this community. Some of you that are here know that on Wednesday nights we went out and blessed people and blessed people and blessed people. Anybody see the newspaper about another church that did it? Where do you think that started? Hallelujah. 
Somebody said, they're trying to take your, your thunder. That ain't my thunder. That's God's deal. I didn't call the newspaper. Are you with me? Every church in town starts making an impact. What's going to happen to this society? Praise the Lord. I'm glad we stirred somebody else to do it. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I'm glad we got, maybe all the other churches will be going, what are they doing over there? They heard about it. You know they heard about it. And, and they reacted, which is great. I want them to do that. That's about the kingdom of God. That's about the kingdom of God advancing. People being blessed. People being told that God loves them. That there's a higher dimension, a higher way that they can operate in. I think we got some of the, we got some of the biggest hearts, man. Y'all got some big hearts. Y'all got no Grinch stuff going on. You know, the Grinch is still, y'all, y'all, y'all aren't Grinches. You guys are some big hearted people. Man, I, I, and there's some things that you guys do that I hear about that we don't tell everybody else about that God has just laid it on your heart. You guys are helping other people. You guys are blessing other people. We go out to do an Operation Impact and somebody gives somebody money for gas and then somebody pulls money out of their own pocket and says, here, I'm going to give you some money for gas. <laughs> That's a big heart. Somebody says, what about your church? I'm tired of saying, well, you know, we're just going through a difficult time. We got the best church in, in Woodward, Oklahoma. Come on, somebody. We got the best praise and worship in Woodward, Oklahoma. How about that preacher? We got the best preacher in Woodward, Oklahoma. How about the congregation members? We got the best congregation members in Woodward, Oklahoma. We got the best and the biggest hearts in Woodward, Oklahoma. We're making an impact in this community in Woodward, Oklahoma. And don't think other communities aren't hearing about it. The first thing I see when I go to another community and I tell them I'm from Living Word Fellowship, I begin to start thinking, what have they heard? <laughs> Is it, oh, that church? But I think it turns out to be, oh, you're from that church. See the voice inflection? Oh, you're from that church. That's that church that handles snakes. We don't handle snakes. <laughs> I thought that was, I didn't know there were churches out there that actually did that, but I guess we found out there are some. We've got to move in to a place that it's time for you to shine. Don't roll back when you're sitting next to somebody at work and they say, where you go? The reason they're asking, where do you go to church? They want an invitation. They are seeing you shine. They want what you want. I'm telling you, man, I was in the jailhouse ministry. I was in jailhouse. My wife makes me clarify this because I tell people, you know, I was in the jail. When I was in the jail, I went to these people and when there, was a, there was a bullpen. There's a bullpen you went into. This was back in North Carolina and I'd go every Sunday afternoon and, and I'd go into the jailhouse ministry for two years and develop a relationship with these guys that were in there. And I went in and we were talking to this guy. There was probably about six guys in here. A couple of them in the bunks here. One guy laying out here. One bunk there. One bunk there. You know, and another guy was playing cards there. And we were talking. And I was just sharing. Just sharing. And I came in excited. I was like, man, you know what the word of God said today? Look at the word John. And I began to start looking at John. And we were reading it. And I was talking to this guy. And I said, man, Jesus said he's the word. And the word became flesh. And he dwelt among men. Jesus can overcome the, he overcame those things that you are dealing with, really? And I, you know, they were all, there was a couple of them sitting there with a big newspaper. You know what I mean? Oh, here's that preacher. 
Got the big newspaper over their mouth. I mean, over their head. <laughs> they're, they're, you know, and, and I'm just telling them about the word of God. I said, look at this, man. Jesus dwelt among men, and he, he became flesh, man. And he, and, he, and he walked in on this earth. And I mean, this is history. This isn't just the Bible. It's historical. It's documented. Jesus did live. Come on, somebody. He did die. Come on, somebody. He did ri- rise again. Come on, somebody. It's historical fact. There is no other religion that can say that. Yeah. None. Yeah. So I'm in there talking to him, and I watch the Spirit of God begin to move. And this one guy says, well, you know, I'm in here for a DUI. I said, really? How many you had? He said, 12. He said, um, I said, wow. I said, you would think after a few that you'd probably want to quit drinking and driving. He said, yeah, but, uh, you know, I've tried detox. I've tried, you know, rehabilitation. I've tried all these things. I said, have you tried God? He said, no, I don't even know God exists. I said, really? I said, how about that? I said, do you know California exists? He says, yeah. I said, he said, I, no, I said, why, why do you not know that God exists? Well, I can't see him. I said, really? I said, you ever been to California? He said, no. Nope. I said, does it exist? He said, yeah. I said, how you know? Yeah. <laughs> You've never been there. Began to minister to him. We begin to start talking about the kingdom. Begin to start talking about living a higher life. Begin to start talking about what Jesus had done. I looked down and this guy laying on the ground was a tear coming out of his eye. And I began to start witnessing to this guy and just loving on this guy. And I said, you need to get like, you need to give God a try. I said, I'm telling you. And I began to start looking at this guy. We got done Long story short, I left. My phone rang the next day. Said his name was Robert, I think his name was. And I said, yeah. He said, I was in the jailhouse yesterday. I was the one laying on the floor acting like I wasn't listening to you and didn't want to hear anything you had to say. And I said, yeah. He said, can you tell me more? I said, yeah, you want to meet me? And we met. He was a weekender. He was in there you know, weekend in office. Y'all know how that happens. I don't know. They, they're supposed to spend seven days or something. And they spend seven Saturdays and Sundays in there and they're done with their time. They still get to go to work. Led him to the Lord in a relationship with Christ. Yeah. He said, I don't know what it is, but I want what you got. I didn't know I had something that, you know what I mean? I didn't know it showed, but I was shining. I didn't know what it was. I was shining. I was sitting there. I was like, hey. I said, yeah, the good thing about you. It's so funny. I love jailhouse guys. Because I said, look, man, why don't you read John? Well, I don't know if I have time. <laughs> I said, look, that's one thing you got a whole lot more than I got, brother. When I get back in here next week, you better have that red. <laughs> you know? Well, wait, what? What? You got something else to do? Got somewhere else to go? <laughs> you know, there is a captive audience. It's time to shine in 2009. Listen, I got something very special for you next week. Some of you may not know, I've, I've got a video. I'm not going to show you the video today. I'm not going to show it. It's, it's a Transformation 2 video. And this young man came from Uganda, and his name is Jackson Sinyanga. Anybody remember Jackson Sinyanga? In the video, he says that he was actually, when he was three months old, he was put in a trash can, a garbage can, because his mother didn't want to keep him. Jackson Sinyanga now... Pastors a church of over 
20,000 people, over 20,000 members in his church in Uganda. Jackson Sinyanga is going to be here Sunday. We're, I, I, amen. Let's give the Lord some praise for that. I know you may not know him. 